This is Carrie Ghosh. I'm a reporter at Columbus Business First, and this is Crisis Management, a podcast about seeing your business through the coronavirus pandemic. Today's guest is Mark Kwame, partner at Drive Capital, the Columbus venture capital firm that he founded with Chris Olson in 2013 after leaving Silicon Valley. We talk about how the pandemic is disrupting operations or in many cases, increasing demand for different technology companies in Drive's portfolio. We also talked about how the past two months have changed his attitude towards working from home and even meeting with potential investments virtually and why he thinks this recession, like many before it, creates an opportunity to start the billion dollar companies of tomorrow. We spoke on Kwame's first day back in the office after seven weeks at home. He removed his mask only after he settled into a conference room alone. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Business First Crisis Management Podcast. Um, So first, how are you? Everybody safe? Well? Yeah, everyone's safe. We've We've been very fortunate. The whole family, including my my brothers and parents, everyone's uh, everyone's doing well. Great. And How so, about you? How about you? Oh, we're good. Just uh, been at home. The kids are virtual schooling, <laughs> but they're they're exactly. doing pretty great. Um, That's fantastic. And it's you know I, I I like working from home and I like being with the family so. I got to tell you, one huge benefit for me has been, I've never done this because I've been working my whole life, obviously, is having breakfast, lunch, and dinner with my kids for seven straight weeks. This is actually the first day I haven't had lunch. I'm actually in the office today. It's my first day in the office, and it feels kind of strange being back in the office and not having lunch with my kids. (laughs) So how are you managing that? I mean, the, the offices are allowed to reopen, so how are you handling the reopening and what kind of policies do you put in place and how many people are coming in? Yeah, we basically followed the governor's directive. Um, we are all uh, wearing masks. The only time we don't wear masks is when we're alone in a conference room, which I am alone in a conference room. After being here, I get to disinfect uh, everything. Uh, and then everyone's wearing masks in, in the office. I'd say on Mondays, which is our big uh, decision day, uh, about 60% of the office is coming in, which is what, 10, 12 people. We're basically telling folks if, uh, if they can work at home, if it's more comfortable to work from home, work from home. Uh, if you wanna come in, that's great, but it's completely up to you. When did you actually close down the office? Right when the governor uh, put out the, um, the shelter-in-place order. I forgot what date that was. It was a, I think it went into effect like a Monday or, or Sunday or something like that in March. Mm-hmm. I, I forgot. We've been doing it ever since then. I think it's, what, March 15th, 16th? You probably know the date better than I do. <laughs> and obviously, being technology-focused, technology everybody was pretty well-equipped. And has it been a pretty seamless transition? It's been surprisingly seamless. And we've actually, you know, in some ways I'm finding myself, in some ways I'm less productive, on other ways I'm more productive. So Mm -hmm. you don't have, you know, a commute or you don't have, you know, all the moving arounds and travel and all that kind of stuff. I was telling Chris, my partner, I've probably spoke to him more in the past six weeks than I have in the past three years because that's how we're communicating is just talking to each other versus, you know, a little here, a little there in the offices. So it's actually worked very well. Um, uh, two things that we've done 
Uh, one, obviously, we have uh, our Zoom partners meeting, but every morning at 8.30, we have a kind of a get-together and see what everyone's up to. And while the whole shelter-in-place has been open, we just stopped that as the office is now open. So every, uh, every morning, we were getting together and, and, uh, and uh, seeing what everyone was up to and so on. And that, that worked very effectively. Do you think there's ways that this is going to change the business forever? Absolutely. You know, if you think about it, work from home, even, uh, you know, for tech centric guys like ourselves, you know, it was never seen as it was seen as, oh, OK, yeah, you want to spend one day a month or, you know, or, or you have a, a child care situation and you'll be there for a day or two uh, for that week or whatever. It was never seen as a viable option on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I think what this has shown us is uh, for us, at least, it's a viable option. Second thing is uh, we were talking about it at the partnership is that we would without, you know, without even thinking about it, if we're going to see a new company in Chicago or, or Pittsburgh or somewhere else, like Kansas City, we get on a plane or get in a car and drive out there. We're now saying we think the first meeting uh, is very effective over Zoom and we're finding the entrepreneurs liking that as well. Maybe even the second meeting. Now, you're not going to do an investment that way because people want to meet you. And in fact, during this whole process, we saw an investment we really liked and we wanted to make an investment, but they chose to go with someone they were able to meet right before the, uh, wow. the shelter in place happened. And so I guess we could say we lost an investment opportunity because of this. But I think the one thing I've been thinking about a lot is that I think this works, but I feel like I, I've got a social bank account that I'm withdrawing from. You know, if I look at all the, everyone in my office, I have this social connection because we've spent so much time together, but every, every day I'm away, I'm, I'm withdrawing from that, even though I'm on Zoom. So I, I think it's going to have a, a big impact in, in how people look at working at home. But I don't think, you know, everyone's going to be working from home for the rest of their lives. I think uh, social contact, social introduction, um, interaction is going to be very important going forward, too. Probably different responses for extroverts and introverts on that scale. So. Yeah, I mean, I actually taught an OSU class over Zoom, and, I got, and I'm an extrovert. Uh, and... It was really hard because I had to generate all the energy in the room or in the virtual room versus, you know, feeding off other people's energy. If you're an introvert and you don't want to put that energy out, that's even got to be more difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I agree with you. I think, you know, if you're going to have that kind of contact, I think there are some, you know, like programmers, you know, customer service people. I think there's some job you know, types that will work very effectively and, and actually even more, more productively uh, in, that envir- in this environment. I was going to save this for the end, but um, it fits in here now. Are you investing? What, what, I mean, does everything come to a halt? Are you just doing prep work and due diligence now? What can you do? No, we're, we're absolutely looking for new investments. Uh, you know, every, our investment deal flow really hasn't changed. Things have slowed down. We are very fortunate in our portfolio and, and we've done a full stress test and all that kind of stuff. Most of our companies had raised money uh, in Q4, but, just happened to be uh, serendipitous in that way. So, you know, first thing we did was focus on our current portfolio to make sure everyone was uh, both safe and, and, and had kind of adequate funds, which we declared as 18 months worth of funds to ensure that uh, they could get through this crisis. And now we're very actively looking at uh, new investments. Like I said, we, we actually put together a term sheet uh, for a company that we would have liked to be an investor in, and we had never met them. It was 100% done over Zoom. And I presume we'll do that in the future. And if a company accepts that, that would be great. But you know, now that we're able to travel more, I think uh, you know, we'll do it as, as I mentioned before. Okay. Uh, so I do want to talk about the portfolio and we'll take it in 
in turns by category. I have three broad categories in mind. You might have more because you're mm -hmm. actually seeing them. So first would be the good news ones, uh, the olives of the world, the the ones that are there. You have one called Ceres MD that yep. does a telemedicine app and boy, yep. are they in need. And I, I checked in with Sean Lane of all of this morning, prepping for this. And, you know, I said, well, hospitals, their you know, revenues down, so are they pulling back? He said, actually, no, because they need the automated help more than ever while they're furloughing yeah. workers. So who are the ones that are really, they found their product has found its, you know, its perfect niche right now? Well, I, th I think there's several uh, we've been fortunate uh, to be in. One is in the education space, the digital education space. Companies like Duolingo uh, and Udacity uh, are both uh, are both doing well, as well as you know Olive, like you just mentioned. In addition to uh, other companies like Cirrus in the telemedicine space uh, and others. I mean, some we actually just did a kind of a whole over. We looked at January, February, March, April uh, revenue and kind of looked at who was uh, you know down because of because of COVID and and by and large, you know, there you know, very few people are way up. There are some that are up, like a like a Cirrus, because of the telemedicine part of it. Uh, but a lot of them are just kind of flat to 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 meeting their plan. The ones that are being hit dramatically, which I'm assuming that would be a part of your question, are the ones that require people uh, to go do things. Like for example, Avro Informatics, uh, you can't do elective surgery, and a big chunk of their business is hip and knee replacement. Now that being said. They're now seeing their business, uh, you know, for example, people want to do uh, pregnancy bundles now. People want to do other kinds of bundles. So they're seeing people actually build these value-based uh, episodes of care. And, and now they're seeing their, now that people can do uh, elective surgeries, their, you know, their business is going very, very nicely. So it's, some of it is a short-term thing. You know, some of it is a little bit more long-term. But, you know, it's, uh, by and large, we've been, uh, we've been very fortunate. I was looking at our sister paper, Minneapolis, and so one of the ones that are negatively affected is When I Work, which does, you know, scheduling for hourly workers. And yep, so hourly workers. We had to lay off a third. Yeah, same of thing flat. with Branch. Branch would um, be another one. Yep. Branch is another one. That, so actually, I was just reading that Branch added employees during this time. Yeah, they've added they some added employees. They added a CFO and general counsel. Go ahead. Yeah. But their business had their business has been impacted because they okay. they track and, and provide uh, early wage access for hourly employees. So folks that are you know dramatically big chunk of their business is either that hourly worker or the service type economies you know have been impacted. So th th those would be two examples of companies. Another one, for example, is our company in Pittsburgh, Gecko Robotics. You know they were growing like they are growing like crazy, but then you know they have to put people in facilities. Uh, in order to do their their inspection with the robots and people can't get together so they can't do the inspections so now what i think is going to happen in those kind of businesses there's going to be such a backlog you know for example and even in uh, elective surgery so i was talking to the coo i was talking to the uh, ceo of newark hospital and she was saying for elective surgeries they're basically going to go to seven by 24. they'll be doing surgeries at all kinds of crazy times and uh and places because I mean, they'll do 3 a.m. surgeries, 1 a.m. surgeries, just to, 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 to take care of the backlog. Um, I was wondering about some of the robotics startups. Um, are, were any of, you know, any of them classified as essential or did they all have to kind of shut down for a while? Yeah, most of them are essential because of what they're doing, they're manufacturing. I, I don't know about every single one. I, you know, Gecko, for example, wasn't shut down. I know Path wasn't shut down. 
uh, Ready Robotics wasn't shut down, but uh, their businesses have been impacted because they, you know, it's hard to meet with customers. I mean, uh, by and large, and they're shipping a physical object. You know, I think, you know, as Sean told you, automation is going to be the, the word in any, anything that helps in automating, you know, tasks by, by humans uh, are going to be, uh, you know, over time, uh, we think positively um, impacted. And the third category I was thinking of is just kind of steady state. So something like a finite state that managed to close around right before this. And he said that, you know, they're maybe not growing as fast as they would have during, but there's still, there's still a need for cybersecurity in this time. You know, there's still electric abilities. So are there others that are just kind of chugging along and it's, it's like, it's, just a steady state, not really truly impacting them. Well, I mean, you, you can look at a finite state's a great example. I mean, you know, root insurance is a good example. I mean, they continue to grow, but at the same time, people are driving less. So that impacts their business. So to a positive way. And so, you know, I think everyone is, it's, you know, some are affected po- uh, positively, some are affected negatively, some are short-term impacted, some are long-term impacted. And so, you know, really trying to figure out where, where those, um, uh, where those happen is, is what we've been trying to do with the portfolio. Basically, our whole focus has been give our portfolio 18 months of runway to actually see what happens. Because I think anybody who can tell you today, they know what's going to, you know, where we're going to be in December, or where we're going to be in July, or where we're going to be in next, you know, n- next year, early next year. No one knows. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the key aspect here is to make sure we have enough runway to get folks to the other side. How is it? affected kind of building a community amongst the companies. So for instance, if one is furloughing, can another one that's growing hire them or are the skills too specific? Are they helping each other out through this time? Yeah, we are actually distributing uh, for the companies that have had uh, some layoffs. We're distributing those folks and, and letting people know who's available across the portfolio. Uh, that's been very important. I, I you know, most, if the companies are hiring, they're not hiring at the same level they were hiring before. You know, one of our companies, uh, FISNA, for example, here in Columbus is, is hired in the, in, in, during this COVID time. I, again, they're a small company, they're 12, 13 people, but they've hired four or five people. Uh, and they've been actually, actually been interviewing some of the folks at, at some of our other companies. So yeah, that, that is happening. I, I would say the scale of the hiring is not as high as the scale of the layoffs where layoffs are happening. So uh, what is that company, FISNA? What do they do? Uh, they're a geometric search engine, basically Google for 3D objects. Oh. Uh, and uh, their product is just now being, uh, being introduced. Uh, we announced that funding, uh, I think, six, eight months ago. Okay. And they're here in Columbus? They're here in Columbus. They, they, they were in Cincinnati. They, they moved the business to Columbus. Where in this, because you don't want to be opportunistic, obviously, but where do you think that someone will find an opportunity, a business case, a way to do things differently because of this time. You know, just like you said, the, the, the acceptance of work from home, the acceptance of virtual meetings, what other things could arise from this? Well, I, I actually think any business that was having, call it digital first disruption, where they're projecting, you know, a, a digital business changing things, you know, like an olive, for example, or or a Cirrus MB, you know, doing telehealth. I think what this has done is accelerated. In fact, I was talking to the CEO of Udacity the other day and I go, well, you know, we, we believe digital education is gonna happen. How much has this accelerated it? And he said, well, I think this is gonna accelerate it five years. So what was going to happen 
has just been accelerated and brought forward. And I think you're seeing it in the, in the more traditional in, in industries that are being impacted. You know, uh, I, we've heard that, for example, you know, the Beams business is doing well because of the fact they're digital first, where some of their competitors are not digital first. And they had a very difficult time uh, working from home. So, I mean, every business is going to be a little bit different. But I think as long as you are digital first and moving forward, your opportunity for, for positively impacting the business is there. If you haven't invested in that, uh, it's going to be a lot more difficult for you. I was wondering about Beam because I, I didn't know what would happen if employers are cutting benefits or if employers are looking for less costly benefits. You know, are, they, are they up or down that way? Well, they're, they're mainly, uh, from what I heard, is, is doing very well to up because they're fortunate and many of their, uh, their, uh, their competitors were not, were not ready for work-from-home environments. And so these guys are, have been 100% digital from day one. You can, you know, their services are available on digital networks like Gusto and other things. And so their business has been, uh, and that was a surprise for us, actually, because they've been positively impacted because some of their competitors were, were, were caught uh, shorthanded. How, how's it going with your limited partners? Um, are, you know, are any of them nervous because they're watching their, the rest of their investments, their stock portfolio? Are they considering you safer now or are they bugging you or how are they, is anyone panicking? No, I mean, I, I think, you know, most of our investors are very long-term investors. They're university endowments, they're pension funds uh, and things like that. And so they, they, they basically build their portfolios to last over time. And, and they, they, you know, hopefully are structured to, um, to take the impact of something like this. The one change that you'll see is many of these you know, pension funds and endowments have, call it uh, investment ratios per investment class. So they'll say, okay, private equity, I want 15%. You know, stocks and bonds, I want 30%. And you know, fixed income, I want whatever. And so when, the, when you have a dramatic uh, a decrease in, for example, the stock market, that impacts those percentages. And so you know, many of them are kind of out of whack uh, in their private equity allotments. But that always cures itself over time. And, and one thing about, you know, our uh, RLPs and, and, and the folks, they really look at this as a long-term type, uh, type thing versus a, you know, they look at it really portfolio analysis and, the, and they're prepared for these sorts of, uh, you know, exogenous events to, uh, to happen. So overall, you still have, you've always had the long view. And so you feel everyone's going to emerge out of this. Yeah, I, I'm actually very, I'm, I'm very bullish for Ohio. I'm very bullish for what we can do here. I, I think this can be a real catalyst for change. And, you know, I think our advantages, I mean, everything from onshoring, I think this is going to have a dramatic impact on uh, manufacturing. I think manufacturing is going to be coming back and people are going to take more control of their supply chain. I think uh, logistics and efficiency in logistics is going to become even more important. And Ohio leads that area. And I think an automation is going to be uh, important, like in robotics and software automation that we've already talked about. And I think Ohio's in a, in a great position for all, for all of those things. We just got to make sure that we continue to be future ready and invest in those, you know, upskilling our folks and, and so on uh, to, to take, a, take uh, advantage of that uh, opportunity. What specifically does, should Ohio be doing, you know, other businesses, the legislature, what would help? I, you know, I, I think there's a, a couple things. Well, one is, I think, really working on uh, upskilling and uh, reskilling our, our workforce. 
you know, and that's something that uh, Lieutenant Governor Husted's been working on when, in the last budget where he said, you know, want to upskill, you know, 10,000 people. I think that number needs to get much bigger. Uh, I think the other thing is we've got to figure out ways how to attract more, uh, more venture capital, more investment capital uh, into the state. And that can be done in a lot of different policy things. I mean, an example I like to use is, you know, be, you know, when I got to the state, there were very, very few data centers. And you know, working with Governor Kasich and the Speaker and the President of the Senate, we were able to change the taxes a bit. So now we have, you know, just in Central Ohio alone, it's been like $14 billion of people outside investing into Ohio and creating a lot of tax revenue and, and so on for the state and obviously jobs. So I think we got to really focus on those, those two things is upskilling and rescaling. And then how do we attract, uh, you know, more outside capital in the state by creating a very favorable environment uh, for investment. Anything else I forgot? Not that I know of. Not All that right. I know of. I, you know, I, I always think that, you know, I, I looked at, you know, I, I've been through many of these now, you know, I can remember, uh, 87, I can remember early 90s, I can remember uh, obviously the dot-com bust in uh, early 2000s, of course, the financial crisis of 2008. And, and you have to look at these, you know, Don Valentine always used to say, at the, he's the founder of Sequoia, used to say, never waste a good recession. And that world-class companies that are being started today, companies that are being started today will be world-class companies in 10 years from now. We just gotta make sure that those companies are being created and, 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 and stay in Ohio. You know, think about it. Last recession, you know, companies like Slack and you know, Uber and Airbnb. I mean, there's a billions and trillions of dollars in market cap that have been created through that last crisis. Let's make sure we identify what those are and, and take advantage of, of, of them here in Ohio. All right. Well, everybody stay safe and healthy. Uh, have Great. fun relaxing. And uh, <laughs> we look forward to seeing everybody in person again someday. I'm looking forward to seeing you in person too. Thank you for everything. And I, I'm, uh, it's been fun looking at how you guys have been reporting this whole thing. You guys are doing a great job. Oh, thanks. Thanks.